Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Atabitter Jr. And my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. I mean, listen, I, we just got to do a little quick little time out to shout out everybody who showed us a lot of love and support last year. Sorry, I should say, last week, I should say. See, I have a whole year <laughs> on my mind still. It's hard to believe. But, you know, we officially celebrated our one year at Educated Hustle. Not going to go too much of a detailing because, of course, our last week episode did all that for us. But we just love the energy, love the, the, the shout outs. We love the guests that, you know, who took their time to congratulate us and, and let us know their favorite moments. And, of course, the hashtag still is hashtag one year hustle. Just the number one, the year hustle. You know, use the hashtag to just let us know what your favorite moments throughout the year were. But, I mean, of course, like anything with business, you got to keep the ball rolling, you got to keep the ball moving, you got to look on to what's next. But just want to give a quick little shout out to everyone for the love support. Really appreciate it. It meant a lot to us. Yeah, man. I felt like it was my second birthday. Like, uh, you know how you get those messages on social media when it's your birthday, everybody everybody shouting you out and stuff like that. I felt the same kind of love for the for the Educated Hustle one year anniversary. So it was just real cool to, to put the episode together and uh, just see it get, get, the, get that traction that it did and um, kind of reminds us of why we do this thing and uh, we only have room to keep building upward, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. And I'm, I'm just so proud of how, how well it came out because I know when we had the idea of doing a little inception within the episode, it was it was a little bit worrisome. Like, okay, how are we going to make this sound good and then, no, make it not sound uh, cliche or cheesy? But I think it came out really well. You know, that was a compliment that uh, I received a lot about the episode is that it sounded really good and it really did a great job of kind of building up to what led us from where we began at to where we're at now. So as always, just thankful to be able to do it, you know? Shout out to the production skills, man. I see you putting <laughs> together our first clip episode. I know, I know. Hopefully for when we get to the next year's episode, we could do a little bit of something, you know, get you know, you get some CGI effects or something in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you never know, bro. I, but yeah, good good uh good stuff and uh we gotta take him into this week, man. Um the guest this week we got is a a guy who created his own uh board game type thing. Uh called the cash blaster and it's gonna be a really cool little thing to put together it's uh basically it looks like something that spits out money um in the form of a like a play toy gun and it uses this technology to kind of teach kids how to count and uh you know the value of money and all that so um yeah i I, i'm really excited for the guests this week and uh i'll let uh, emilio shout the man out yeah, man, Mr. Samson came by and, you know, you, you definitely showed us a lot. And the cool thing about the Clash Blaster Inventor is that, you know, there's a variety of applications. And it, it while it does appeal to kids, it also can appeal to adults. You know, it's used a lot of parties or weddings. And it's kind of like they have a game out there called, you know, the Golden Dollar, where um, basically it's going to spit out, like, all these green dollars and you have to catch the golden ones. So, I mean, you know, you ever been to black weddings? Always a ride with a competition when it comes to things. So, yeah, I definitely think he has a hit there. But, yeah, he has this application that... 
he thought of and he took the right steps to do it right basically got patents and you know he, he did his research into the markets and the demand and thankfully you know he's had found success because he's had uh cash blaster on you know different shows like empire dancing with the stars so i mean he's he's got that he's got that uh uh noticeability and he's kind of achieved that form of there's actually people who like looking to use this product and actually showcase this so it was great to have him on because you know once again it's, uh, it's always great to see a fellow brother when it comes to inventing things and and, um, and getting their name out there and i really think that for today's episode you're gonna get such a a big overdose of just intellect and strategy and he gives a lot of gems about fellow creators or inventors aspiring like what you can do to get your foot out there and actually get your product you know tangible and i think it's really essential to hear in the, in the business landscape because i feel like we hear so much about you know corporations and ideas but you're dealing with now just a guy who has this product that he made and he researched and he, he you know promoted and how he's turned it into his basically his company's passion so you're gonna get a lot from him and i, I really think that it's gonna be action-packed yeah i agree and um this one's kind of cool too because like growing up uh we played a lot of board games and video games and uh all these different types of games so you know Quasi's a, a gamer himself so it's it's really interesting to see what he has and what he put together you know so um definitely exciting episode man and um let's just get you guys to it mr Quasi sampson all right and today's guest we have mr Quasi sampson he is the business owner of Quasmo Enterprises and also the creator of the Clash Blaster. Quasi, how's it going today? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? And we're doing well, man. We just want to jump right into it and um just ask you one question. Uh I know notice reading from your background, you were a mechanical engineer. What made you want to start your own game company and find uh, and start the founding of Quasmo Enterprises? Well, Basically, I was working uh, as a mechanical engineer for over um, five years, um, back in uh, around four years in 2007, and I was working on a major project that developed um, uh, things that would basically end up in every um, state in the country, uh, different products. And I walked into an office one time and saw the check for the order uh, of what I had spent a lot of time developing back in uh, 2009 and uh, it was for $700,000. And I said to myself, wow, it's a lot of money and I'm the one who put the most effort into it and I'm not seeing an extra dime out of that at all. <laughs> so with the experience I got to that point, I was like, you know what? I think I could do this on my own. You know, I, I pretty much got a handle of a lot of things and I think I could bring ideas to life um, pretty much on my own. Um, I just need to learn the ropes a little bit and find out who is going to help me on, you know, with what I need. And from there, I uh, shortly decided, you know what, I'm going to, I got some ideas in mind and I got some ideas of other people. And I said, let me start Quasmo Enterprises and let's see if we can really get things rolling with this. And all it took was a check. That's, that's crazy. And I, I mean, when you started when you started Quasmo Enterprise in 2012, I'm sure there was a lot of obstacles and hurdles that you had overcome just from getting back then to here. Could you describe what are some of the things that you actually had to overcome during the time? Yeah, I mean, the first thing was to pick a project to develop that was cheap enough for me to prototype and get a working prototype and would also be 
cheap enough for me to actually produce as an actual product. Uh, and then finally, something that would have a large enough market potential that if I developed it, it'll more than likely sell enough for me to, to keep it going and then move on to other projects. Uh, so in 20, around 2010 is when I started developing the first product, uh, handheld paper dispenser, later be called a cash cannon. And it took me a while to, I had the concept in my head uh, and the concept really never changed since then. Um, and all I kept doing was tweaking it to get a prototype that finally worked in 2012. That's when I decided to go ahead and file the LLC, um, start doing my early patent work, which I had actually studied because I was interested in becoming a patent agent at one time and maybe a patent engineer. And uh, from there, moving forward, I filed it and I gave myself just one year uh, to develop the project, the product to a very good working prototype, um, show the prototype off to people who would potentially buy it, um, make the product if I could, like could afford to make the product, sell the, a good amount of the product, and then use that money to pay for the, the full non-provisional patent that usually costs thousands of dollars, and it did. And um, long story short, everything kind of worked out that way. It was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot in that story, but that's pretty much how things worked out. <clears throat> nice. And um, I just wanted to know, you, you know, what made you think about the idea of you know, the cash blaster and the cash cannon, like what, what was in your mind? What was the gap that you needed to fill with this idea? Well, it was just a, a crazy idea. A group of friends of mine, one, one who later on became my, my partner for the idea. We're just thinking about sitting down, just talking, doing our normal like sessions of hanging out, you know, sometimes party, you know, but it'd be, it'd be cool to have a, a gun that like shoots out money. And for whatever reason, man, I hear a lot of different ideas, but when I heard that one, I actually like automatically had a concept for it in my head. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good with coming up with a solution for a problem or a concept to make something work. Um, and at that point, it was like, okay, I already had 3D design software, it, you know, at the house and I had 3D design experience because I was doing it every day at the job. I work with metals, I uh, work with plastics. I've seen them, how they developed and how the things were made. And it was like, you know what? I think if I put enough time into this, I could actually make this work. And everything after that was just researching um, the, the different ways to make it and the different parts and where to order it from. And the first thing was just ordering on a small scale that I could afford. And then after that, it was uh, thinking about how I, where I could order it larger scale and cheaper pricing to actually produce it at a decent price. And that's incredible. So I, I kind of wanted to get you back in that in that at that time when you had the idea of the cash cannon. Now there's a lot of people out there who they, you know, they're like you. They they get they have the blueprint idea in their head, but they have like no idea where to start. Could you kind of give advice that you, you know helped you out during that time period where you had the, you had the product in mind, but you didn't know where to go to from there? Oh yeah, first thing you do a Google search to see if there's anything like out there that's similar, um, and see if there's anything out there similar that people are actually selling for a certain price. So the closest thing I saw to it was like a portable money counter, and I looked at it technically and mechanically. I'm like, if 
I could get most of those parts, and this is doing like pretty much 90% of what I want the cash, what will be eventually the cash cannon to do. Um, if I could get, I figure I, I'd go ahead and buy one and kind of, you know, go back to our old school days as a kid and just take it apart and see how it worked and flip it so that what I developed was different and potentially patentable and use that, you know, as kind of like my, my base base right there for the design, but end up making it unique enough to be patented. Um, so I bought, I ended up buying like three or four of these things. And in some of my YouTube videos, I think I might have them private, but you could see me uh, with one of the money counters actually that, you know, I didn't take apart <laughs> that I just kept to use. But one of them I actually completely took apart. And the roller that I used from that money counter was very critical in me um, getting a design that worked. Because basically what I did was ended up designing the, the handheld uh, gun itself and I ended up making it uh, the, the handheld um, like compartment from parts at work, like scrap metal and, and different things. I ended up getting some stuff welded, ended up getting some things custom done. Uh, and then all I would end up doing, I just kept on tweaking the design and tweaking it from the same concept until it actually just rolled out, you know, real dollar bills. And what ended up happening was I couldn't really find um, a good roller at first. And the roller from one of those money counters ended up being a very good working um, piece um, for me to use to get the prototype to just finally work. And once it worked, it was like, ah, you know, it's a eureka moment. Like, I got it. You know, I'm gonna just run with this and perfect it. And I think we can make this thing. Okay, and then that's really cool that you, you you developed it, you designed it, and it's ready to go. Now, how did you take it from like, uh, you know, from the prototype stages to getting it into mainstream shows like Empire, Dancing with the Stars? Like, how did you get that uh, idea and concept into those TV shows? Oh uh, well, that's fast forwarding a bit a, a bit ways. That's fast forwarding. Um, let's say first I got I used a company called Sculpteo and Shapeways. Uh, they are 3D um, printing companies uh, where you could, if you have a 3D CAD file, some of your users might not, but if you're going to work with someone who designs physical products, they're going to know what that is. And I got those parts printed and I made a real good working model uh, that I could display to people and I ended up, I was living in the Midwest at the time, I ended up going to different clubs and asking them if they wanted to buy it. They said yes. Um, so yeah, let me, before I get all the way to, to dance with the stars, let me just try and give you a quick rendition of that story. Um, so they said yes in like around March of 2000, um, I believe 13. And one of them said, I need to go to this, this trade show in, in August where all of the club owners are going to be. Um, and so I went to that trade show, showed it off they had a good interest. And I told them I was going to have the product uh, in no, November and I ended up doing that. So uh, the product was fully developed at that time, tooled up in China. And we could we could go back to that. But to fast forward to Dancing with the Stars and those those places, they actually were buying it either directly from me, from my website, or they had someone buy it kind of indirect, like a marketing person, and it would end up on the show. Um, 
it's a, I didn't, I don't think only people I talked to from TV shows that they told me they were buying a product from me and they were going to have it on a TV show was on an MTV show called, um, uh, the, the, the cheap game show, cheap a game show. I don't want to say the the second name. It's a little, um, adult, but we understand you No, broke, broke a game show and it's on MTV too. And I actually talked to the marketing person who worked with that. And they said, yeah, we want to buy some. And we already bought some from you before when it shipped to this address right away, we paid for it and it's going to be on the show. And they use it in like their B-roll, you know, which is, which is real cool. Uh, if you see a gold cash cannon, that's definitely just me because I'm the only one who offers gold. So you see that on Empire. Um, if you see any other color, that's either me or, or someone else who is um, actually um, selling the product, may have got it directly from me or not. Wow, that's interesting. So you got to gotta track the colors to know where they come from. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit right now, yeah, of course, right now, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I mean, you know, I think in the story of your success, like, it's, it's, it's easy to focus on in you and all the great things you've done, but everyone knows behind every successful company, there's a great team. Could you tell us about your team and how their help has been invaluable to you? Yeah, well, my, my team has been ever, ever changing. I started off with a team that had my original uh, business partner, and they helped with the development of the website and some marketing materials. But um, we saw things a little differently about how how broad we wanted to market the product. So I kind of moved on to just dealing with um, uh, the manufacturer in China uh, at the time. Uh, marketing was was done by myself and someone who would uh, handle my website. Uh, he, he would make materials in terms of uh, marketing materials like printed ads or uh, different information. So uh, he, he was great. Uh, it, it cost me around uh, five or six hundred bucks a month, but he ran a website, he ran social media, uh, and he'd come up with uh, he'd proofread the emails I sent out, which was which was great. So I had someone who would help me out with with copy. Um, so at, at that point, my team was was him, my web guy, um, a manufacturer in China. And I also developed some some warehousing and, and manufacturing here in the U.S. So I do have some companies here that, uh, in case I needed the product very quickly, I uh, would just have like the plastic parts made. They'd ship it over via air or ocean, and I'd have everything else shipped right over. And I'd actually assemble things here in the U.S. Uh, with a U.S. company for. A price cheap enough that it was still uh, I was still able to make a, a profit uh, on the product. Okay, and you know that's like business one on one. You got to make sure that you know the expenses match up with with what you're selling it for. So uh, definitely, definitely a, a good gem right there. And I also wanted to know, you know, you have you have your the the cash blaster and the cash cannon. Uh, I kind of wanted you to you know explain the differences in the concepts to our listeners and um, all the different you know, games that go behind each uh, product? Okay. Well, the, the cash cannon is mainly sold as a handheld toy that shoots out real money. Uh, it, you could load up to uh, 100 US dollar bills as long as it's of good quality and it doesn't stick together. It will be able to hold that quantity and be able to dispense it uh, with good ease. 
Um, it comes sometimes uh, with with fake US, fake um, dollar bills that are around the same size as U.S. dollar bills, and it's aimed towards the original marketing was aimed towards like um, you know maybe a young adult to older adult market, um, either for a party favor or for marketing. So I was listening to one pot. The reason why I say marketing is because uh, I listen to people that are buying the product from me and people that I show the product to. So one thing people would say when they saw the product was like, you know what? You go to like concerts or special events and you could put like some type of advertising on the money, on your own money, maybe have it so that it's, you know, talking about your website or your business and or maybe it's a coupon and you can shoot that out. So there was one um, podcast I was listening to called God Invention Radio, where there was a woman who said she went to um, an ASI show, which is a one of the two major companies that manage the promotional products industry. And you guys know promotional products. It's like if you buy a t-shirt or some pens or something like that, what's your company name? That's a promotional product, you know? So that actually is a, I think like $22 billion a year industry. Whoa. I wouldn't have expected that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. And so they have these huge trade shows like ASI does about four or five a year where people from like Barbara Cochran to Damon St. John, even Peyton Manning, they come and guest speak for it, you know? So it's huge conventions. A lot of money is spent, a lot of money is made. And so I went to one of those and from that convention, that's where I got my biggest sale. Like uh, they sell, they have ads, um, not only that when you go to a convention, but on their website. And so you sell directly to distributors and distributors then sell to customers. So if you have a good enough cool new product, they'll you know showcase it and they'll be interested in buying it. And from that advertising with, with ASI, I actually have my biggest sale um, to date to one customer, which is over 500 units to a, a bank in Canada. You know, over over a twenty thousand dollars sale, and so it was well worth the investment and in in and in, in, in well worth me listening to that podcast to to know about ASI and then I could tap into that industry. And that right there sounds like money. I mean, geez, what what more can you talk about it with? So one of the unique things about the Catch Blasters is, I, you know, I go on YouTube, I look at the promo. It seems like it's marketed towards, you know, adults and kids, but more emphasis on kids. Because you kind of explain how the how adults, like, they might dismiss it maybe as a kid's toy, but can you tell us why that'd be a mistake? Yeah, sorry about that. I got into so much talking detail on about that. The Cash Blaster is going to be the new it's going to be a different version of the cash can um it's going to be uh easier to load but it's going to be lower capacity so i'm only designing it to hold at the most about 40 to 50 us dollar bills it might only hold about as little as 30 but it's easier to load the biggest thing is that it is going to come with unique games uh that are a couple of them are going to be active which one is called uh cash the money where it's going to come with fake money, so whoever catches the most money, either by denomination or the amount, they'll win the game. This is another thing that I just listen to customers and people who are buying it to say, hey, maybe you could do this with it. Um, the other game is going to be Golden Dollar, which actually, um, I, it was I used it, the cash cannon at a, at a concert one time, 
And a buddy of mine just did it. You know, he, he, we, we talked about it and he said, Hey, you know, I got 500 red dollar bills and one blue one. Whoever catches the blue one wins a, a bottle of champagne and someone mm. caught it, you know, and they, they won the bottle, you know? So I was like, wow, that's a game right there. You know? So I came up with a golden dollar. So it's going to be the same concept. You're going to put the golden dollar in and the rest is going to be green or a cash blast of dollars and shoot it up in the air, you know, amongst a group of people and whoever catches the gold one wins the game, you know? So another cool active party game. Um, and, you know, for kids and, you know, maybe adults, I mean, it's not like we're not throwing things at weddings, you know, ourselves, you know? Right. Um, right. And so uh, also the last game is more going to be more um, uh, creative and have a little more to it called cashed out. So it's like a sit down tabletop game. So, I got that idea. It's going to be kind of similar plays, kind of like Uno Attack and Uno itself, where you're going to match colors and numbers of cards to try and get all the cards out your hand. But if you looked at Uno Attack and they even come up with a new new one called Uno Jackpot, uh, the the Cash Blaster game called Cashed Out is going to have it so that you got your Cash Blaster and you're going to have some Cashed Out cards loaded in it. And so you're playing a game, playing a game, but if you see someone only has one or two cards left and they're about to go out, you're going to have the opportunity to blast them with more cards so that they won't go out. <laughs> so it's going to be some strategy to the game on when you want to do that and who do you want to do that to amongst the people you're playing. Man, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a lot of chaos going on with this cash blaster, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, control chaos. You, you know, the, the cash out game is going to be the one that's the most controlled and subdued. And the cool features about it is that it's going to be price cards rather than Uno cards. So on each card, the item that you're putting down is going to be um, basically an item of, of that you would purchase like a normal commodity, like a car or a home or or a grocery item, uh, either in the U.S. or guess what, overseas. So what I plan on doing is have it so it's diversified enough to, that you gain some knowledge on, you know, what's the price of these goods and these homes and these other things in other countries, you know? And mm. you, you, what you see is that, you know, if there's something down there, like you got a, a item that's $100 ends up being the face card and you got a commodity item that's like $10, then, and it's your turn, you can put your commodity item down because it's lower then the item that's the face card. But if it's the opposite, then you got to get skipped and, and keep playing. But in the meantime, you're learning about, you know, pricing of different items. You know, I watch shows like um, uh, Bargain House Hunting or uh, things that are HGTV where you, you see people buying like homes in Costa Rica or Venezuela or all these different places. So I was thinking, you know, that would be interesting if we could know what the price is and just how much it costs to live, you know, overall in these different areas. So I plan on this being like just like the first set because there's so many things you could, you know, diversify against. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Uh, I want this to be the first set, but I want it to be expanded and, and changed up. And I even want to, you know, possibly end up doing other things with it in terms of the year because, you know, prices change, you know, and what things cost now won't be what things cost later. So I see a lot of potential for, for cashed out, you know, just as a game, as a standalone 
And when you incorporate the blaster, it just adds more, you know, little intrigue and strategy to it. Yeah, like when I think about this, I think about something that, you know, I wish I had kind of growing up in, in kindergarten through fifth grade, like, you know, during those times where you're trying to make learning fun, but you still get a little knowledge out of it. I think that'd be great, uh, you know, aspect of your business is to to get those kids like learning about different things and how much things cost. Yeah. And guess what? We don't learn enough and there's no classes about as kids and even as adults like money. You yeah, know, there's sure. just not enough classes about what things cost versus how much I'm making or what does budgeting look like? You know, now a kid could kind of know what food costs, what a house costs and what a car costs in another country, you know, versus what it costs here. And it, it, shoot, we could do it, you know, in terms of real estate, it could be done even here in the U.S. I mean, there's a huge difference between a condo in Atlanta and a condo on Fifth Avenue in New York, you know? True. So it, it's, but as a kid growing up, you're not even thinking about that, you know, but it's something that, you know, if you, you start thinking about where I want to live, you know, as, as an adult, you know, it's something that you could, you could store away in your mind and be like, okay, maybe I want to do that. Maybe I don't, you know? So I don't think it's ever too early for kids to, you know, start, you know, knowing about numbers and calculating and being able to add and be like, is $15 more than a hundred, you know what I'm saying? Uh, versus, you know, and then money, you know, I don't think it's ever too early for kids to start learning about money and the value of dollar. Agreed. Agreed. And I definitely think you have something going with the, the cash cannon, the cash blaster. Um, I definitely want to, you know, ask this question for maybe people that are listening, interested in maybe investing in you or maybe learning about, you know, where to get the product. Um, so can you kind of, you know, tell our listeners where they can go to, uh, get their hands on the Cash Blaster or if they want to invest in it? Okay, yeah. Well, the Cash Blaster uh, I now have a Kickstarter campaign. So you can reach the Kickstarter campaign by going just first going to kickstarter.com and then just doing the search for Cash Blaster and the, the campaign will come right up. Um, I'm doing it that way because there's games that are been very popular on uh, Kickstarter and also Indiegogo. And crowdfunding, I actually had two crowdfunding campaigns before this. Uh, the first one was on Indiegogo, did about 240 bucks. The second one was on Indiegogo and ended up doing over $11,000 in around 45 days in terms of um, um, pre-orders. So this platform is good in the fact that uh, I don't have the Cash Blaster um, 100% developed yet is about 95% ready to go. And I have it, you know, set up the tooling and everything for it. But this allows me to do one of two things. Um, one, first get some people to pre-order the product so that I have some of the, the cost of making a product taken care of. And also it lets me gauge how much of the product I need to, 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 to make my first order for. So instead of uh, doing the minimum order amount, maybe I could do enough to make sure uh, that the minimum order amount is met and some more just so that I don't run out too quickly. And it's also a, a great platform, as you guys probably have seen that, you know, if you get popular and you go viral, and to be honest, you know, sometimes being on shows like yours, you know, makes products more popular. You know, um, the cash cannon actually got popular in July of 2014 because a blog wrote about it. And next thing you know, the YouTube views went from 10,000 over 12 months to just that weekend, it jumped to 40,000 
views and now it's at over 300,000 views and that's what helped me sell out of the initial order of the cash cannon. So I'm hoping the same thing happens with the blaster. Already got, you know, people that are interested in it um, from trade shows that I went to in, in Chicago in November and also people that are, you know, and that's from everyone from people who might just be customers to some major toy companies who are, who are interested in, in maybe um, uh, doing a licensing deal for it. So uh, anyone that wants to um, either, you know, purchase it for themselves or, or hit me up to invest because, you know, it's really just me invested in the cash blaster right now in terms of ownership. Uh, they could hit me up directly on Kickstarter or uh, at my, they could hit me up via email at uh, owner at quasmo.com. And you gotta love it because you're really out here giving out the truth, and that's that's amazing. So, I want to take it to a to a, you know, just a, a an essential question that I'm sure a lot of people have on their mind. So, as a product developer, could you tell me, in your opinion, what is something crucial that any successful product must have? Um, one thing that's uh, crucial is it has to have like a a cool factor. Um, something that when people see it, you know, nine out of 10 people will like it. Um, so they, they definitely want something that uh, attracts, you know, their, their target audience to the product in some way, some shape or form, you know, your, your target audience might like, um, functionality and see that it functions in a certain way. Your target audience may like aesthetics. And as long as it, it, it looks a certain way, uh, they're hooked and they're in. Uh, I think mine's was a mix of both. Not only did it, it look like a, a cool toy gun, but when you actually saw it in action, it, it kind of, you know, it, it distributed, you know, dollar bills and similar materials in like a cool fashion, like a one of a time, make it a rain type of fashion. And so I think any product you develop, um, you got to have, you know, something, you know, that that is going to attract the audience, you know, like some type of wow factor um, and also quality. You know, you got to definitely make sure you make a, a quality product uh, that works consistently and, and make sure you, you spend enough time that you, when you're developing the product, you make sure it does that. Mm, so it's got to be cool and you have to make damn sure that it's made the right way. OK, I like hearing that. Well, Mr. Sampson, I mean, you, you kind of come on the show and you've uh, revolutionized everything. You changed up the game. I mean, I think you're one of our, you know. Fewer first product developers come on here, so I appreciate hearing your insight into everything you've talked about. But we've reached the two-piece time of Educate Us a Podcast, which is the final two questions. The first one, always easy. You already said it earlier, but, you know, just to revamp, so uh, remind people so they don't have to go hit the rewind button, I should say. Could you tell us how the people and audience can connect with you? Yeah, definitely right now, the first thing I'd love people to do is go to the the Kickstarter campaign, go to www.kickstarter.com and type in uh, Cash Blaster. You could also reach it from the website, thecashblaster.com. Uh, you can contact me also directly at um, owner at quasmo.com. And uh, just let me know if, you, if you're interested in um, investing or interested in purchasing a product. I got distributors and, and people that are, that are highly interested in exclusive offers. And so... Uh, definitely uh, look me up on those menus. 
exactly, people. You, you, you have your information. Go out and do it, please. So the last question, no pressure. Just the last question. Just, you know, your final words you're going to leave with the audience today. What are some words that you can impart on us? Uh, dream big and dream broad. Um, whatever you make in terms of a product, don't limit um, your potential audience. Uh, look at the product as what basically it does and don't limit who you, you market it to. I know some people say, uh, um, you know, an inch wide and a mile deep. But if I would have taken that advice, I would have missed out on probably over $100,000 worth of sales. Um, so definitely don't limit your marketing. And there's ways you could focus on different markets um, when you're marketing your product, when you finally have it developed, and still go back to your, your core audience and not you know, um, dilute that core audience or not pay them enough attention. Um, but that's the one of the biggest things I learned is that, you know, when, when you look at your product, you know, of course, every single product is going to be for everybody, but you definitely want to look at it so that you maximize the product's potential. There it is, people. You just broke it right there. Given the money signs, Mr. Samson, you've been a revolution. I really feel like you've definitely taught me and Paul some new things. I mean, I really want to go and get my own cash cannon right now <laughs> and the cash blaster. Just have both of them, you know, one for each hand and just make it a more exciting <laughs> party. But, I mean, yeah, it's been great. We, we've enjoyed having you on. Great. I appreciate it, guys. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to hopefully be starting. Uh, I did one blog post, and I'm just going to try and get more more time and process into it. It's it's now a five year story and I've only given you guys about probably 10 percent of it. And there's so much more to share and learn from the experience I went through that I hope people could could take that experience and, and, and use it in their own um, life and develop something, make something happen, bring an idea to life. So definitely um, appreciate you guys time and I hope I was able to give you guys some useful information. Oh, you definitely did. And when you get on more shows and become big and fancy, just, you know, look out for us because we'll definitely uh, love to have you on so you can get more than 10% off your channel. Okay, appreciate it, appreciate it. And there you have it, folks. That was Quasi Samson giving us that mechanical engineering background we all need to know. Emilio, what do you think, man? Man, I think it's, it's great. Quasi came on here and he really just educated us and not only prod development, but how he, you know, made his own com company, Quasimo Enterprises, in 2012 and has gotten it to last and survive until, you know, 2017. And I know a lot of people that started their own business and they'll tell you that first year, hell, that first three years are very crucial. And he kind of made it seem like he didn't have much problems or trouble. So it's always great to hear. And I think his product is, you know, he has he has a niche for it. I think there's going to be a good demand for it. I'm glad that he kind of got to share his story with us because it lets the people know about it. And hopefully they in turn can help him succeed and do more with it, you know? Yeah, and I thought that was a, a great gem when he talked about that company that does the promotional materials mm -hmm. um, and how he found out about their, you know, um, trade show and he got his product out there. I mean, little things like that 
are the keys to lifting your brand to new heights. Like you got to get it in front of new people. You got to have people trying it out. You got to have people taking pictures with it, posting on Instagram. And eventually, you know, your brand will grow from all that exposure. So um, definitely a gem not to be overlooked when he when he dropped that one. Exactly. And that process is kind of kind of akin to the podcasting game. You know, the more you expose it out there and show people that it's viable by posting on social media and and throwing it back on Twitter, that you get more fans who in turn get more listeners and in turn make yourself more popular. So, you know, you you could say uh, Quasi and our hustle is a little bit a little bit the same. He's doing a little bit more money than we are, but still, nonetheless, a little bit the same uh, things. But anyway, broke five broke. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I ain't got it. <laughs> but you know what I do got? I do have the links to how people like you, yes, you, can reach us. Educator can reach a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educator Hustle. That's one word. Educator Hustle. There we post snaps, little behind the scenes videos and criteria things to let you know what we're doing throughout the week and of course inspire you. We are also on Snapchat at Educator Hustle Podcast. Once again, it's Educator Hustle Podcast. There you post pictures and little inspirational quotes courtesy of Paul to help you get throughout the week and of course let you know about an episode that is dropped that current week. We are also on Facebook. You can like our page at Educator Hustle. That's two words. Just search Educator Hustle, and then you'll see this logo that you guys all know and love. Now, let me take a break to uh, from this plugin to go into some more plugging. Please, if you haven't already, review our show on iTunes. It's really easy to do if you have the phone, iPhone, or iTunes um, musical application on your computer. All you got to do is search Educator Hustle. Two words. You'll see our logo. Click it, and then there's going to be free tabs at the top of the screen. We just want the middle tab that says review. Write a review. Give us some stars. We can't tell you what to give us, but I think that we deserve that five. Of course, your review could be short and simple as it's lit, or it could be long, complex, and deep as it's still lit. Doesn't matter which one, but we just want you guys to rate and review us because the more reviews that we get, the bigger our awareness becomes, the bigger our awareness becomes, the more guests that we get, the more guests that we get, the better shows that you guys get. So it goes hand in hand. It's a circle of life as symbols are telling us all these years. Now, let me end that plugging to go into my initial plugging. We are on Twitter at educator underscore hustle. Once again, that is educator underscore hustle. There we do daily interactions and tweets to get you and your mind right for the week. We also throw it back to old episodes that you may have missed if you are a newer fan. And if you are an older fan, we throw it back to you just so you can re-listen and get that re-hustle going on. And now, last but not least, you can email us if you have an epiphany about the show. We gave you that Holy Spirit or you want to collaborate, be on the show, or just anything in general that you want me and Paul to ask, answer. You can email us easily at educatorhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatorhustlepodcast at gmail.com. All right, bro. And you know what you got to do next, man? Lead us out. People, 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 people. I, I, I love talking to people like uh, Quasi who has just taken an idea and run with it and made it their their inspiration and their goal. You know, for someone like me, I, I never had the entrepreneurial uh, vision. Educate Us was probably my most entrepreneurial thing I've done. My, my co-host has a, you know, good couple of stuff under his belt. But I love hearing people who have an idea and a passion and they use all the tools and resources to make it happen. And know that a lot of people listening out there have that passion, have that idea, but, you know, aren't 
aren't giving themselves the due diligence. I mean, we're already about what? How many guests in? 52 or so? And you're hearing how all these normal people have gone and lived their passion and made it their life's work. And, you know, money wasn't was was holding them back. Uh, you know, time and and pain and, and all those other, you know, excuses didn't hold them back. They just went out and do it. So we really urge all of you guys who are listening who have not begun their hustle yet to really get on it. I mean, geez, you're 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 born with an idea and a, and a thought that many would, would kill just to have. Why not use it and help build that gap or that bridge to say to better life that you've always wanted? You know, stop, stop listening about it and, you know, just do it. But of course, keep listening to us, though, because we're providing you the tools and the insight and, of course, the masses to show you how along their way they they went from we don't know what we doing to. All right. I got this here. <laughs> and as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.